Hi guys and welcome back to another episode of the world's best podcast, The Meaning of Life from Chris' Perspective. And on today's episode, we are joined by a very special guest and he goes by the name of Michael Bennett. Michael is the head of player welfare for the PFA and is a former professional football player who has amassed over 150 appearances in his lovely footballing career and has recently completed his PhD. So, Michael, is there anything that you'd like to say to the audience? A little greeting, a little hello. Morning, morning, everybody, and welcome to. It looks quite sunny outside in, in England <laughs> today, in London. So, a uh, bit breezy, and uh, but yeah, morning and welcome. I hope you find today's podcast uh, interesting, inspiring, and 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 reach for the stars. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. So, Michael, on this episode, you do a segment called the Christian CRB Trip. So, I'm just going to ask you a couple of questions just for the audience to get to know you mm-hmm. about your life. Is that all right with you? Fine, that's fine. Go ahead. Okay. It may seem like a police interrogation. No, but no. Trust me, it's not that. It's not that. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, if you don't mind telling the audience, how old are you? Fifty-one. Fifty-one. Yep. Jeez, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yes. Um, so where, where did you grow up? Um, I um, grew up in New Cross, uh, right around the corner from the Millwall Football Club, which is the Den. Um, I was there till I was about 12 or 13. Then we moved to a place called Forest Hill uh, until I was, you know, in my early uh, early 20s. Well, no, I'm just say uh, late, late 20s. <laughs> uh, and then I moved uh, to a place called Sid Cup, which I'm now residing in now. Okay, that's a lovely Sid Cup. Shout out all the Sid Cup listeners. Yeah, 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 yeah. Listeners, come on, big yourself up. Okay, so as a young boy in the 1990s, 1980s, what was life growing up for you like? Do you know what? Um, I come from a Jamaican family, um, big, big Jamaican big family. So it was very, very family orientated. Um, every Sunday is at my grand and granddad's house in, in Peckham. Um, so as a youngster, I just had, you know, just love uh, aunts and uncles, you know, and stuff like that. Um as an as an individual growing up, you know, as I said, I was brought, brought up in the New Cross area. Um, uh, at the time, for me, there was a lot of kind of racial kind of undertones happening, or just coming towards, towards an end. Um, so for me, I, I basically grew up in, in 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 an area where a lot of my friends or so called friends were into. Uh, Kind of getting into no good with that age group of 13, 14, 15, where you know your 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 focus can kind of go either way. Um, so for me, what I did, Craig, was um, I played football uh, to keep me out of trouble. Um, I played for my son in the team called Southwark Sports. I had a manager called Mike Linnington and Pam Linnington, who were like my surrogate parents, who, who, who dropped me to football, dropped me back for football. So football kind of kept kept me out of trouble you know I wanted to avoid the wrath of my dad uh, my dad you know Jamaican mindset you know <laughs> basically you know um, you know that let me speak to you twice you know what I mean that kind of that kind of yeah, um, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, and, and the, the mum giving you that, that one look that you know straight away that you know <laughs> keep yourself quiet so that's where I kind of grew up and brought up so as I said for me um, there's a lot of friends doing different things but for me my focus was just playing football and keeping out of trouble okay okay so in the midst of playing football, did you enjoy school or was your mind just football oriented? Like football is the way out, football this, football this. I don't really care about my education. What was that? No, do you know what, Craig? I think for me, um, I enjoyed I enjoyed school, um, particularly when I was in primary. Primary school was a great place for me. I uh, went to a school called Childeric in New Cross. And then um, I left there and went to a school called Samuel Peeps, which is in Broccoli, uh, which is kind of around the corner from Abadash Asks. And... Um, School was good. I mean, I will honestly say this to you. In the first couple of years in school, I was kind of I was bullied. Um, I was bullied just because I was um, 
was I say kind of popular. I was bullied because I had the new the, the new clothes and the new trainers. I was I was I was kind of blessed with that. So I was bullied because of jealousy, really. Like you know what I mean. So the early early part of the, I would say the first year was fine, and the second and third year, maybe fourth year, were a bit difficult. But then after that, kind of found myself and found my confidence and, and kind of stood up to the bullies in a sense. Um, and then basically that for me, yeah, the schooling schooling was fine, mate. Do you know what I mean? And then. I will say this, my aspirations were to, my mum's very educational. My mum was a music examiner. My dad uh, worked for BT. Um, and so for me, uh, education was very key. And so you know, the idea for me was to, you know, go to sixth form college after leaving school and do my A-levels and then go to university. That was a, that was a plan, mate. Mm, I hear that, I hear that. So, like, we've already touched on, like, football being your way out, but... Like here, as it says on my little my little notes, mm -hmm. said you played for Charlton Athletic. Mm. Is is that correct? Yes, it is. You, you know Wikipedia lies and everything. Yeah, for real. Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay, so what football team did you support? Uh, so let me give you a bit, a bit of background story. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, people always uh, so when I when I started to um, again, Craig, my I didn't I wasn't a football fan. So let me get that what? out. Of, let me get that out there straight away. I wasn't a football <laughs> fan, and I had no aspirations to be a professional footballer. The game that I love and still love today is basketball. I'm a, I'm a mad, mad basketball fan. I'm a Chicago Bulls fan, even though they're mm. not the best at the moment. Um, <laughs> but but back in the day when Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen saw, I was a real mad, mad uh, basketball fan. So football wasn't really uh, on, on my radar. I think what happened was, Craig, I was at a friend of mine in, in, when I lived in Newcastle called Barry. And we was sitting there um, uh, playing and stuff. And then the FA Cup came on, on the TV. And it was Arsenal versus Man United. And I remember watching the last 15, 20 minutes of it. And there was a guy in goal called um, Gary Bailey for Man United. And uh, I think someone called Alan Sunderland scored a last minute goal, uh, dived into the far post, scored a last minute goal. And I just remember seeing Gary Bailey just absolutely devastated, Craig, absolutely devastated. Yeah, yeah. And it, when I saw his devastation, I just kind of thought, I'm going to support this team. Oh, oh, oh. seriously. So, that, that, so out of sympathy. That, yeah, basically. And that, that's how I became a Man United fan. I think that was in 1970-something. Uh, I became a Man United fan from then, mate, and I've been a Man United fan ever since. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It's not It's not your kind of glory hunting one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, so you I've been, felt sorry. I felt sorry for Gary Bailey, mate. Do you know what I mean? And at the time, the, the captain of the team was uh, Martin Bucken. Mm. And, uh, and you never guess what, my, my first... Uh, trip to my the Manchester office in PFA. Uh, who do I bump into to the PFA offices? On my first, oh my god! I, I bump into Martin Bucken, and I don't get, I don't do um, uh, uh, fame and 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 get all kind of gooey eyed when I see stars and superstars. It just it's just not me. But when I saw Martin Bucken, wow! So cheese <laughs> in your eye yeah, when to run up to it. We'll come, we'll, we'll come back to that, but yeah. So yeah, that Man United is my team. Okay, okay, okay. But I will, but I will so, say this though. I will say. Um, yeah. deep, deep down, um, my my other main team is Charlton because that's the team that I started off as, and and you know, you know, will always have an affinity with them, and yeah, so they will be my, my close, close second club. Okay, so how did you end up getting into Charlton Football Club? Um, it says here it, it it was your first like professional football club, if I'm correct. Yeah. So do you mind just running off briefly how you ended up playing for Charlton? <laughs> it was the, the whole okay. the whole academy system. Let, let me tell you then. So basically, what happened was I'd I'd um, we played in the cup final for my Sunday team against a team can't remember what it was who they were and we beat mm -hmm. we beat them and I played very well. <clears throat> and at the end of the game, the manager of the other team, remember him, Barry Wright, white guy with mm. a big black afro, uh, came up to me and said, "You know, we like the way you play. We'd like to invite you down for a trial at Charlton." 
to which I said, who are Cholton? Who were Cholton? <laughs> and that, that's, that's how naive I was about football. Like, you know what I mean? So oh, wow. basically he said, oh, um, c- can I can I give you a call? Have you got a number? And at the time, Craig, you know, a white man, Afro, you know, a young black boy. <laughs> asking, a bit shady. Yeah, asking for your number. You, you, you know, first thing that comes to mind is, but as a fed mate, you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> so, so so for me, it was I just ruled off a number that came to my mind. I don't know what even number it was at the time, but I ruled off a number gave it to him and then just literally got on the bus, 53 bus back down to New Cross to go home. Do you know what I mean? It was just like that. Mm. And then um, basically this phone guy kept calling my, my mate of mine, uh, Carl Eben, a good friend of mine. We, we played the same Sunday team together and signed for Charlton together. He said, oh, you know, my, Michael, this guy called Barry keeps calling my house number. And I'm like, who's Barry? He says, some scout from Charlton. And I was like, oh, oh, well, sorry, Carl, I gave him your number because I couldn't think of a number. So I gave him Carl's number and he says he wants you to give him a call. So I basically gave him a call um, I apologised for giving him the wrong number. I explained why I did it. Uh, he, started, mm. he started to laugh and he said, look, we'd love you to come down to Charlton for, for a, a trial and, and see how we go. So I went down to Charlton, got on a 21 bus, made my way down there, um, got to the training ground. And when I walked into the training ground at Charlton, Craig, you have to remember, I'm a, I'm a young boy who's played Sunday football with friends you know, all my life basically. And, mm. you know, we play on muddy pitches, we play on pitches with no nets, we play on pitches with no grass, do you know what I mean? It's you know, it's it's mm. you know, bibs that stink and the, you know all that sort of stuff. Oh, so yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So walking into Charlton's training ground and seeing grass, lush grass, seeing balls, level footballs, seeing mm. bibs all lined out and clean, and clean. You know what I mean? Yeah. Going to the training ground and seeing all the boots and all that sort of stuff. I was like, wow, we we were mesmerized. Yeah, and so I kind of trained, and I just thought, you know what? Let me just go and train and just show these guys what I can do. Trained. Uh, enjoyed it. Um, obviously, I, the guys didn't know who I were when I, when I went there, so I had to kind of, kind of try to work very hard to kind of fit in a little bit, but then trained. And then after the training session, they just said, look, yeah, we want to sign you. I said, well, you need to speak to my mum and my dad. Um, my dad said yes. My mum said no. Oh. Yeah, my mum oh. said no, edu- you know, education, education. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, of course. my dad said no, give the boy a chance. So the kind of compromise was that I would... Um, Sign for Charlton, but I will still keep up my education on a Wednesday uh, and go to Lucian College. So that's what I did, mate. Okay, okay, okay. Was the education, to balance the education and the footballing, because of course, Charlton football player, you know, like back in those times, that must have been like amazing for you, but then you had the the Lucian College. So was there any struggle with your education whilst playing football? Do you know what? Um, So the first year I was at Charlton, the first three, two to three months, I really struggled. To, to, to transition into the professional game because Craig you've got to remember, remember I haven't played f- professional football at any stage in my life no no stage in my life have I played any sort of professional football so I've gone into Charlton at 16 years of age you know with no no background so it's taken me you know, two or three months to get my, my mind around the demands of the game um, mm. and, and this kind of mindset of it being professional and so oh, yeah. uh, getting that was difficult so the, the education side of it would enable me to kind of balance it out a little bit like you know I mean take the pressure off me a little bit that was that was that was great but then once mm. I found my feet at Charlton and once I've become um, confident and be able to kind of showcase what I could do my first year season at Charlton I mean I, I mean I played towards the end of the season that season I, I was in Charlton's first team I was training wow. with, training with the first team and then um the end of the season I was in I was in Charlton's first team so at age of 17 I was in Charlton's first team so within a year of being at Charlton I was in their first team so in regards to education because I was in Charlton's first team the education kind of fell off fell off because of that mate yeah. um and so the, the focus became more football rather than education unfortunately Oh, it, it gets like that for when it's done. Yeah, does it, it does. does. It does.
Mm-hmm. So, like, how old do you? Uh, sorry, how old were you when you like signed like professionally and so forth when the first team? So I was seventeen years of age. Um, seventeen. Yeah. So basically, what happens is you, you at, at, when you sign at sixteen, you sign a kind of a it's called a YTS uh, scheme, so it's a youth training scheme from the government. So every person signs at sixteen, and then you've got two years to kind of prove that you're good enough to get a professional contract. And so basically everyone signs at 16 and then there's two years to showcase whether they're good enough to sign a professional contract. With me, uh, I signed that same contract, but after one year, they kind of ripped it up and said, look, we're going to give you a professional contract. So at 17, I became a professional footballer at Charlton Football Club and made my league debut against uh, Norwich, I believe it was. Um, yeah, in that same year. So yeah, 17 years of age. Well, do you remember how the game against Norwich went? <coughs> oh, I remember it uh, well because my good friend, Paul Mortimer, uh, he played on the left side and I played on the right side. We both made our debuts together yeah. and uh, we both scored on our debuts for Charlton. Congrats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was 17. I think he was 19. Wow. Yeah. And professional game. Professional Wait, game against Norwich. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Audience, can you just imagine this being 17? Like, how many fans, thousands and thousands of fans in attendance and for you to score, the whole crowd, the whole crowd going crazy, your mum, your dad saying, that's my son. Yeah. That's my son. You, oh, know, my you know what? I've got a picture. I've got a picture of the, my celebration and you can see from my celebration, I didn't know what to do. Do you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> I just put my hands in the air and like, just, just, and the air. And I'm, yeah, so I've got the picture. Um, but again, that's, I mean, we will come back to it later on about mental, mental health and well-being and the impact of it. But, yeah. but, but for me, you know, that was a, a, a great pinnacle of my career, you know, starting, you know, I know thousands of thousands of young people who have aspirations to be footballers. Mm. Uh, and we know the, the, the chances that happen are, are very slim. Uh, we can, mm. We'll come on to that later on with the figures. But for me to, as I said, a 17-year-old making a professional career and scoring, uh, yeah, it was, it was a great feat for me. Okay, so quick, like, like you just said before, um, not too long ago, about the demands of the game, and that caught my that that caught my ear because mm -hmm. it's it's not the Sunday league, it's not the if you lose, okay, you get off the muddy pitch, like you're going back to that to the changing room, the manager blown off your head, like the mood and morale of the, of the players are a bit low, like what were the demands? How in fact, how did you cope with them? Being that, that, so young, that was that was the issue for me. So so the issue for me was was a, a big one for me because what happened was Craig. You know, and in my first year at Charlton, you're in the you're in the youth team, so you're in the youth team changing room, and you get to know the boys and you get to have a bit of banter and you know you know and everyone gets on with each other and it's great. Mm. And then you get your professional contract and then you move from the youth team changing room to the first team changing room. And no one tells you about the pressure that comes with that transition from the youth team change room to the first team change room because the youth team change room is bad. It is still kind of pressure, but it's enjoyable. You, you, you're in younger individuals that, you know, are in the same boat as you and, you know, we're mm. having fun. You know, you go out and, and you know, you also get time to eat together. You do things together. So the transition from the youth team change room to the first team change room was a real issue for me because now I'm in the change room with these older men Hmm. These older, uh, not so much idols, but these people that I've, you know, I, you know, we watch week in, week out, you know, mm. uh, after our, we, we, we play in the morning, youth team play in the morning at 11 o'clock, and then we go and watch the first team in the afternoon. So, yeah. so here I am now, sitting in the changing room with these guys that I, I watch every other week, weekend, you know, we, I clean their boots, do you know what I mean? I pick up their dirty kit, all of that stuff like now, I'm now in that same changing room with them. And what they, one of the guys said to me, I remember like it was yesterday, he said, you know, when you come to this change room, Mickey, because they, they call me Mickey, obviously my name's Michael, that's the other thing. They give you like nicknames and so mine was Mickey or Benno. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. 
and, and basically said, Mickey, once you come in this change room, don't care how young you are, you know, you're part of this team, you know, we've got to step up, you know. And I was like, oh. wow, this is... Well, what does step up even mean? That's what right? I'm saying. So, so, and then another guy said to me, uh, Paul Mitchell, he said, he said, Mickey, the sooner you realise this is not a game, this is a business, the better. Oh my gosh. I was like, what? That... I've just come in to play football, man. I've just come in to have fun. What are you talking about? You know what I mean? And that, Craig, was when the pressure began to hit because you oh my you got the older players talking about I need three points because I've got to pay my mortgage I need three points because I've got to book my holiday I need three points so it's all about the pressure of winning games um, at any cost so for me that that really had an impact on my mental well-being at that time because you know you're having to now deal with pressure and no one tells you how hard and difficult the pressure is going to be so that was a big big issue for me oh my days but I, I'm, I'm just still in shock because a game that you love, the game that you played, just for the like, for the fun of it, and like in the academy. I'm no footballer. Mm. I'm a podcaster. We thank God, you do. Know? Yeah. Um, but just to hear that when I used to play football in secondary school, oh, I said it's, it's just a game. It's like it's, game. It's, it's never it's it's never that deep as young people would say. Now you're hearing like thirty year olds, twenty five year old men saying that the the sooner you realise it, it's a business. Yep. And that that must have shattered you. It did because, and again, I'm remember. So I'm still trying to learn the game. I'm still in this football environment. I'm still. I mean, I've only been in this environment for a year, so I'm still trying to work it out. You know, and I and I'm I'm, mm. I'm getting to work it out with the youth team players. I'm getting to understand it. I'm getting to realise what it's about. But then you, then you're as I said transitioning to the first team change room. It's a whole new beast. You know what I mean? It's a whole new mm. environment, a whole new world. And and as I said, I, I'm still trying to process being in this environment and now i've got people telling me this like do you know what i mean so mm. it was really 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 difficult um to kind of uh, in, embrace and, and work out and and yeah and that played a big part mate oh wow okay 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 before we get deeper mm -hmm. and deeper do you mind just naming some of the most memorable clubs that you played for right so i will say <laughs> hey let me think now so i will say Barton <laughs> will definitely be that club you know Tartan yeah. will, will always be the club that's you know in in me and you know, won't won't change. Um, oh, I have a clubs. Uh, I would say my early early um, time uh, with Millwall was was, yeah. was good. I'd say my early times with Brentford. So I had two year contract at Brentford. The first year Brentford for me was good. Um, the first part of my contract with Millwall was good, and then kind of fell off. And I'll give you a little background about the story about that later on. Um, and who else was there? Uh, so we had Charlton. Wimbledon, Brentford, Charlton, Millwall, Cardiff. Yeah, I'd probably say Charlton. Charlton was my main, my, my main club that I really enjoyed myself more than anything more than anyone else. You know, it was my yeah. first club that I signed for. Very family orientated club. Those were the days, Craig, where you you know you'd, you'd walk out, park your car, and go to the go to ground to play games. You got fans, and you're talking to fans. You're having a chit chat with fans. You know what I mean? You win, lose or draw, you're still having a chat with fans. You still have yeah. time to speak to fans. You know, they were the good times. Like, you know what I mean? Um, your family can come to games. You're not concerned about anything but your family being there. So, yeah, that, that I would say Charlton was my main club, mate. Okay, okay. Okay, so now, now we're going to get into the main part. We're going to go straight into the deep end. Is that all right with you? Fine, fine. Go ahead. And the audience, I hope you've got a little insight into, into Michael's background as a professional footballer. So here's the main part. I'm going to take you back all the way to 1991, okay? Mm -hmm. You were playing against Queen Park Rangers. And yeah. in that game, as you know, you suffered an injury. Mm -hmm. 
and that goes by the name of the ACL, anterior crucial ligament, if I'm correct. Yep. All, you, all you physiotherapists, don't, don't, don't come at me, please. Yeah. <laughs> and, you, uh, and you crush your cartilage. Mm -hmm. What was that like? Because now you kind of eased into the game and it, and it's now a business. It's, it's not the game that you played for fun. So what was that like? So, so basically what, what happened was, let me give you a little quick background before leading up to that so you get a better idea. So basically yeah, okay. I, I'm playing week in, week out, enjoying football. And there's a lot, what's happened, Craig, there's a lot of transfer, transfer speculation going on about me maybe possibly getting a move to another club. Um, one was QPR, one was West Ham. You know, even there's a shout about Liverpool as well. As, as well, um, so lots of transpiration. And I, I had recently just come back from be, being on England international duty. Mm. Well, I'd gone and played for England in the twenties in Brazil uh, yeah. with with other players from different clubs. So you, you're playing with other top players from Tottenham, Man United, Liverpool, Arsenal, Chelsea, all those players there. And you're and and what what I learnt, Craig, from that was that. I, when I was playing with these players, you know, I was good as or better than these players playing for England. Do you know what I mean? Um, wow. What I realised in this squad that played for England, in this squad, we had about 20 players in this squad and not all of them are playing regular in their, at their clubs. So for okay. me, I'm, I'm in this this team with these, these top names that people know about, but I'm playing week in, week out. Do you know what I mean? So that yeah. was a confidence booster for me. And, and in the games that we started for England I started in two of the two of the two of the games that we played so again it showed me that I was I was good enough so yeah 100 yeah and then you're hearing these players I mean these these this was the first time I heard about Rolex watches Cartier watches <laughs> these guys have got these Cartier and Rolex watches on and I'm walking there repping with my Casio black yeah digital watch like you know what I mean um these all got these Louis Vuitton and Gucci uh, uh bags that got and I don't know nothing about Gucci or, or Louis Vuitton, uh, and so my eyes were open to this kind of other side of the world. Like, you know, I mean, these players are in. And long story mm. short, I went back to my club. I think I had, I think I had six months left on my contract. I just purchased uh, my my first property at nineteen uh, flat, uh, and I just purchased a, a new car. So I was I was I was kind of buzzing, like you know, what I mean, Craig. So um, I went back to the manager and said, "Look, you know, I've been on England. I've I've seen these players. These players that I'm playing with." Um, are earning nearly three times more money than me. You know, something's got to be done. I need to, you know, needs to be needs to be addressed. He basically told me to just f off out of his office. Like, you know what I mean? So I was like, oh, okay, okay, cool. And then we had QPR on, on the Saturday after my meeting with the manager on the Thursday. And mm. so going into the game, I thought, you know what? QPR is one of the clubs that they're thinking about me and interested in me. So let me kind of try and play my game and, and, and showcase what they might get if they want to sign me. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah, and basically we, we the game kicked off. Ball went back to the midfield. Ball went back to the centre half. Then the ball came over to me. I was playing right side of midfield, and when I when, as the ball came to me, Craig, I controlled it, and the ball was in front of me, and I was looking up to see where I'm going to pass it. So as I'm looking up to see where I'm going to pass it, uh, I've got a defender running straight at me, and I'm thinking, oh, this defender's going to try and take me out and try and get the ball and take me out at the same time. Yeah. And so what I tried to do, I tried to kind of flick the ball round one side of him and run round the other side of him to collect the ball. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. And as I flicked it one side, I couldn't get my knee out the way quick enough to go round. So as I'm trying to go flick it and go round him, my knee's kind of in the air still trying to trying to land it on the ground to go round him. But his knees hit my knee and my knees Ooh. kind of turned outwards. Um, ah. Yeah. And so I kind of went down. Uh, my first ever injury, never been, had really injuries before, my first ever injury. And, you know, I feel, the physio comes on. We're talking about a minute into the game here, Craig, you know what I mean? Oh, what? Yeah, only a minute into the game, yeah. And then the physios come on and as with physios, they come on, they kind of move the, 
the the the, the kind of area around to see if it's okay. And he's moving it around. I was like, yeah, it feels all right. Like, do you know what I mean? But as soon as he lifted me up to put weight on it, literally, Craig, it was like someone put a knife in my knee. Do you know what I mean? Oh. It, was like, it, was, it was like the pain was like, oh, no, 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 no. So I literally come off um, and they kind of strapped me up and they said like, yeah, we think you're doing your medial ligament strain. So you'd be out for six weeks. Oh, that's fine. Uh, yeah. And I was like, okay, cool. That's fine. It's a Christmas period. I can have a decent Christmas and then get myself ready to go again in the new year. But, yeah. but when I got home, Craig, the knee just swole up, the whole leg just swole up. So I called the physio and said, look, the knee swole up. He said, like, take, this, take the strapping off. We need to go and see the, um, the the specialist tomorrow. And then I went into the Blackheath Hospital the next day and the specialist said, no, we've got to operate today. We've got to operate now. So oh. I thought, okay, um, what's the problem? He said, I don't know until I go inside and look at the knee. So woke up for the injury, big old strapping around my knee. Um, and then they come in and said to me, um, yeah, not really good news. I said, what's that? He went, you've partially ruptured your ACL and you've, you're, you've cartilage is completely crushed. So you've got no, oh. no cartilage in your knee uh, and you'll be out for nine months. And so for me, um, that was that injury mentally had a real impact on me because that's when the worry started to kick in because I've only had six months of my contract left. I just bought a new flat. I just bought a new car. Uh, and now I'm out for nine months injured. So that viewers will give you a kind of idea of, you know, this football life is not all that it craps up, creeps up to be. Um, you know, there are difficult times when, you know, when you have these long-term injuries and that's what I had, mate. Wow. Wow. Just, I'm sorry, but it's, it's just like, what, what are the chances of that? Six months, you just recently gone into your manager's room to mm. talk about a little, a little um, contract. Yeah. Um, and, and now you're injured for nine months. Mm -hmm. So, under nine months, like, what did you do? Because uh, remember, in the next three months or six months, so yeah. my maths is at the best, you got, you, your contract's finished. So, how did yeah. the club handle that? So, basically, what happened was was that um, I'd, I'd, uh, I'd, this is where my kind of mental health kind of kicked in, basically. Um, because what you find is that when you're injured, initially, people want to find out how you are. So, it'd be the first two, three weeks, how's your knee? Mickey, you all right? Mickey, how's your knee? Everything all right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And everyone's interested. But after that, after that, Craig, it's like after that period. After that period, no one, you're, you're. It's like you're, it's, you're invisible, because you, you, because you can't do nothing or bring nothing to the team. You can't help the team. You know, there's nothing that you have no worth to them. Basically, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so the manager's not asking how you are. The coaches aren't asking how you are. The players are still asking you, like you know what I mean? Because you know, some of them are very, I'm close with. Um, but then what you have, what you have is then the, the doubt starts creeping in. So, you know, imagine me being 19, 20 years of age. Um, I go into treatment, have treatment in the morning. There's not much that I can do because obviously it's, it's, it's a healing process now. I then finish training at about two o'clock. I then go back to my flat. I'm at my flat, um, have an afternoon sleep. And then, you know, what do you do after that? Like, you know what I mean? My flat was in Charlton. My, my family lived in Forest Hill. My girlfriend lives in Camberwell. Do you know what I mean? And so what was going on for me, Craig? I have to try and keep acting, keep my brain active, but you can't do it all the time. So when yeah. you're at, when you're in the flat, when I'm in the flat by myself, you just, you, all you're thinking about is, you know, how am I going to pay the mortgage on my flat? How am I going to pay my car payment? Are they going to give me a new contract? Will this, will this knee heal up properly? Will I be the same player? And you're just constantly, constantly, constantly thinking and thinking and thinking and overthinking. And these little things that you're thinking about become major, major issues. What if, what if I can't pay it? Then they're going to take the flat away. What if I can't pay my car? They're going to take my flat car away. What if I can't, what if I can't be the same player? What if they don't want me no more? All of that stuff, Craig, starts to creep in and your self-identity and your self-worth starts to be, you start questioning it. In regards to the, the, the contract, I mean, they gave me a new contract, but it was only a year contract. So to get me just back fit again, 
and to see where I was with it, do you know what I mean, and stuff like that. So the, the peace of mind came being given a new contract, but at the same time, you know, it wasn't a contract that I thought I deserved or ex expected to get because I was injured. So so that was a difficulty. So, so my mindset was, I think my mental health well-being issues were affected and impacted because I felt like I had no one to talk to about what I was going yeah. through and what, what, it, what that looked like. Because I'm hearing this and, and I, I'm literally in my little studio, you know, the front room and, and I'm just, I feel so sorry for you. I'm just mm. thinking, where's the therapist? Where is someone that you can talk yeah. to? Where's the mental health people? Because people think, yeah, football, football is a glamorous game, but people don't think about this. How am I going to pay my bills? How am I going to do this? Why isn't anyone checking up on me? Mm -hmm. Like, what, what's going to happen? I could get released because they think um, I could get put on furlough because uh, I'm, I'm just taking up wages. What do I have to yeah. offer to the team? Yeah. But what, where was the therapist? Did you have anyone to talk to, like professionally? No, and that's that's why I do what I do now, Craig. We'll come on to that later on. But that's, yeah. I think that was, the, that was the point where, for me, um, there was no one to speak to. Now, don't get me wrong, my parents were there and my parents were fantastic. Yeah. And my girlfriend, who, who's now my wife, she, would, she was there. But no one, none of them actually understood the game of professional football. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And and also, mm. and also the other side of it for me was I didn't want to burden them or make them worry about me. Like, you know what I mean? So that's what the us men do. Do you know what I mean? This kind of macho kind of thing of, you know, you know, speaking is a sign of weakness, all that sort of stuff. Um, mm. I, I, I had that mindset as well. Um, but I think for me, what I wanted to do was protect my family. So I didn't want to let them know that I was struggling and worrying with this stuff because they'd worry as well. Um, mm. But for me, even more so, I needed someone that I could speak to away from football. Now, later on, uh, on my Christian pathway, I, I met an individual, a couple of individuals that helped me out. Um, but at that particular time, uh, there was no one, nothing there, Craig, at all to offer emotional support to me in any way, shape or form. Oh, I'm sorry, but that, that must have just been disappointing. But let's not dwell on that. Mm. Let's not dwell on no, that. It's cool. It's know. cool. It's cool. <laughs> okay. Okay. So now I think your 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 career lasted about ten years, if I'm correct. Yes. Nine years. Yeah. Okay. Um. So then you retired from the beautiful game as many would call it. Let me just let me just give you a quick synopsis of how beautiful the game is. Yeah. Quickly. Yeah. So yeah. when I came back from the injury at Charlton. I came back and I got, I was in a, in a, we, we played um, Southampton at home. My first game back from injury uh, and we got beat 5-1. And the manager came in after the game and was cussing and cursing and, you know, some of you are not fit to wear this shirt. You know, this is not good enough. I want to see all you players individually one by one in my office on Monday. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, okay, cool. You know, for me, his first game back, you know, I'm just happy to be back playing, like, you know what I mean? Um, mm. And so, you know, individually, you go and see the manager and it's done It's done at, by your uh, alphabetical order. So obviously, Bennett, I'm kind of up the top there, like, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, think, <laughs> I think I go in about third. But Craig, let me tell you, the person that came out before me, when I say, I'm talking about senior pro, when I say, mm. when I saw his face, I was like, oh my gosh, this looked like he wanted to cry. He looked like he was about to cry. <laughs> no lie. He looked like he was about to cry. So I'm thinking, what's, what, what's going on here, man? So I walk into the manager's office, sit down, sit down, Bennett. Rah, man's called me Bennett, you know, not even <laughs> sit down, Bennett. I said, hey, oh, Gaffer. He says, um, how, how do you think you played on Saturday? I said, to be fair, Gaffer, I thought I played well. I thought I was one of the better players. So, because that's my, my confidence. So he's like, yeah, to be fair, you did well. Um, we're going to sell you. Oh, what? Uh, uh, I said, what? What? He says, yeah, we're going to sell you. We've got an offer for you. We're going to sell you. I said, where? Well, who? 
can't tell you. Uh, we negotiate the deal now. I'll give you a call tonight and let you know. I said, Gaffer, let me tell you something now. I want to stay here. I enjoy it here. You know, I, you know, I work for a new contract, not a problem. No, no, Mick, look, the club's in financial difficulties. Uh, we need to raise some money. Um, you're one of our assets. We're, we're, we're going to try and negotiate this deal. So I said, listen, Gaffer, if it's Millwall or Wimbledon, I ain't going. Why? I said, Millwall don't play football. And at that time, Millwall were quite, was, was a racist, racist club at, that t- at the time. Your racist stuff going on there. So mm. I said, yeah. I said, okay, cool. I'll give you a call later on. Calls me in the evening. Craig said, yeah, deal's been done. Need you to go speak to the club tomorrow morning. I said, who's the club? He said, Wimbledon. I said, I ain't going. That's a joke. Yeah. You literally said you didn't want to go there. I, said, I ain't going there. He said, why not? I said, because they don't play football. You know, they just kick it and rush. And I don't, that, at that time, it was a go crazy gang. Do you know what I mean? It, they didn't play mm-hmm. football. You know, I've been five years at Charlton learning to play the game and mastering the game. And now you send me to a club that don't play football. So long story short, cut long story short, I ended up going and talking to him just to please the club and the manager. Uh, went there, wasn't interested in anything they had to say. The, the director, the chairman and the, and the manager were there talking to me. I was there by myself, young 20-year-old black player. Um, they were, the, I wasn't interested in, manager pulled me out and said, what, what's the problem? I said, I don't want to play for your club, you don't play football. He said, we, well, we're trying to change that. We've got some new players coming in. You know, you do know that we offered to sign you last year before you got injured. We offered £900,000 for you. I said, how much? He said, we offered to £900,000 to to sign you last year before you got injured and your club turned it down. I said, you offered £900,000. He said... Was that a lot back under his time? Yeah, that's, that's massive, mate. You know what I mean? Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, £900,000. I said, that's how much John Barnes, Liverpool pay for John Barnes. I was like, he was like, yeah, yeah, but the club turned it down. So when we realised that we were struggling financially, we just put an offer in, expecting it to be uh, rejected and they accepted it. I said, okay, well, if they don't want me and you're wanting to sign me back then, I'll sign this contract. Now, Craig, let me tell you this as a Christian person. I wasn't a Christian at the time, but I remember them giving me the contract and they were all looking at me when I'm signing it. And my head, in my head, it was going, as I was signing it, it was going, yeah, I'm going to buy a black BMW convertible. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm going to buy a black. No, sorry, sorry it was not. I'm going to buy a dark blue BMW convertible with the cream leather interior. That was it. I, I'd seen it in black ETH BMW. And then my heart, Craig, was going, do not sign this contract. Do not sign this contract. Why? I don't know. That's just the two things that was going on in my head. There's two things going on. I, again, remember, I'm not Christian, so I don't know that the Lord's talking to me or whatever. I'm just, yeah. they're the things going on in my head. So I'm like, I'm just signing this, man. So I signed it, went back to Charlton, picked up all my stuff, moved to Wimbledon, uh, played for my first game for Wimbledon. We played at Arsenal. We beat them 1 0. I scored a winner. Lovely. So I'm buzzing, like, you know what I mean? And then, um, Get through to the end of that season. The manager that signed me leaves. New manager comes in. I don't play for the next year. Oh, my days. Oh, my days. I don't play a oh. first team game for the next next year. Right? And then it was in this time, Craig, where my faith began to kind of happen and me attending Bible studies and stuff like that. We can talk about that later on. So long story short, I left Wimbledon, went to Brentford, first year at Brentford. So all you viewers out there, listen to this footballing journey because it gives you an insight into what football's like or can be like. Went to Brentford, uh, championship club, enjoyed myself first season, um, really done well. Towards the end of the season, we had a lot of injuries and we just couldn't get the players in and then we ended up getting relegated. That manager got sacked, new manager came in. I didn't play for them again. I leave Wimbledon, uh, sorry, leave Brentford. I go back to Charlton. Uh, for second second spell, um, I played thirty odd games that season. Scored a few goals that season. Expected mm. to get a new contract that season. And by the way, I was getting married in the summer. 
to my wife yeah. and married in the summer. So, you know, I really wanted to kind of secure a contract. They pulled me into the office uh, and said, you know, you've done really well for us, but we're going to release you. What? Yep. I said, what do you mean? What do you mean? Release me? What do you mean? 30 games? Yeah. What do you mean? Release me? Yeah. We brought a young lad in uh, and we're going to go and kind of go with him. Okay, cool. So I left there and as I was driving out, Craig, I was thinking, oh, I'm going to tell the wife, I'm going to tell my girlfriend this, we're getting married in two months time and I needed this kind of money to da 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 you know what I mean? Yeah. And so as I'm, yeah, as I'm driving out, the phone rings and uh, I said, hello, hi, Mike, Mickey, it's Mick McCarthy at Millwall, come down to the den, I want to have a chat with you. So I was like, okay, so I went straight to straight down to Millwall, spoke to Mick, he said, we want to sign you, don't know what Charlton are doing. Uh, so I said, okay, Mick, um, gave me a two-year contract but I had to do a medical, failed the medical because of my knee. You failed? Failed, it, failed the medical because of my knee. Um, uh, they said the knees, you know, it, it, at that time, Craig, I was 25. And when they did yeah. a scan on the knee, they said the knee has got so much arthritis in it from me having no cartilage. I've got a 75-year-old knee. That's what they said to me. So I was like, wow, okay. Wow, didn't know that. So then they said, we'll give you a year's contract. I said, okay. So I signed the year contract, uh, done pre-season, get ready for the new season to start. Uh, the Friday before the new season started, we had a seven-a-side mat training session. Gaffer says last goal wins it. So if you score the next next person who scores wins the wins the the, the kind of uh, the game. I smash it top corner, we win, and then I rupture my thigh muscle. Oh. Rupture, big big dip in my thigh muscle. The same thigh muscle, same side as my bad knee. Rupture the thigh muscle out for three months. By the time I got fit and got back in the squad, the manager had left. The new manager took taken over. Uh, and didn't play for the rest of that season. Um, and then I left there, Millwall, went to Cardiff on trial, did three months at Cardiff, left my wife in London. She was pregnant at the time. Um, I'm back and forth to Cardiff, uh, played 11 games for Cardiff. Five, I've got five manor matches. Went to see the manager about a new contract. He was like, yeah, Mick, we want to sign you, but I'm not sure if I'm going to be here on Monday because the, man, the chairman's thinking about bringing someone else in. He gets sacked over the weekend, Craig. What? Yeah, I didn't go and see the chairman on the Monday. He says, go and see the, see the new managers taking over. I then go and see the new manager. He says, no, you're not in my plans. Um, and then I end up no contract back down in to London. No contract, no money. Um, couldn't get a football club. Um, had to sign on at the job centre because I had no finances. Um, did that for three months. Then managed to get a trial with Brighton. And um, got to Brighton, did a training there. They signed me, uh, enjoyed it, really enjoyed it. Uh, the manager decides that he wants to leave and go to Port Vale. New manager takes over, I don't play. Um, and then I end up, my last club was Canvey Island, which is a non-league team that I end up playing for the last. So I left the professional game at, at 29, which is like, it was 10, kind of 10 years in the game. And ended up doing five years at Canvey Island, which is a non-league team uh, to finish off my career at 35. So that's the cotton footballing journey. So those who are out there think that footballing football life's great and enjoyable, and everyone's earning millions of pounds, and 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 you know you know lifestyle, driving big cars and living in big houses, you know and watches and all that sort of stuff. There's only a few. There's not not a lot of people are earning those big monies. Um, a, a lot of players in the lower divisions, uh, you know, are, are struggling and trying to get contracts. Premier League players will probably get three to four year contracts at a time. You know, down in Division One, Division Two, you know, you're getting one years and two maybe one year contracts. So that's what it's like down there, mate. So that's that was my footballing journey, mate. Oh, th thank you so much for sharing that. But you know, one thing that, that I heard, mm. and this was key. I think the audience, if you were paying attention, you would have heard the change of managers. And when there was a change of manager, Michael's not playing a lot. Yeah. So Michael, 
how did that affect you? Because imagine the manager said he might he's thinking of going to Port Vale. Mm. Remember at Brighton, eleven games, five man of the matches. Like how do you how do you how do you actually mentally process the fact that you know what I've been playing so well, the manager likes me. Yes, come on, good, good, good. Everything's going well, and then there's a change of manager. Then, then you're not playing. So how did you deal with that, honestly? And oh. what toll did it have on your mental health? Well, I have to say, you know, um, at this time I'd become a Christian. So when I left Wimbledon, I'd become, yeah. I'd, I'd give my, my, my faith to, my, my life to God uh, at 21 years of age and, and I became a Christian. And I think I looked at it, Craig, as, you know, the Lord's kind of got something in plan for me. Um, I don't know what it is, but he's got something in plan for me. But going through it, just imagine... You know, I, people use the word in football like head loss. You know, my head's gone. You know what I mean? Because again, is a, there's a pattern going on here. You know, manager likes you. You're playing well. You're enjoying it. Manager then leaves for some reason or gets sacked. New manager comes in, and the new manager doesn't 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 take you. Doesn't fancy you. There's nothing you can do, mate. You're not in control. You know what I mean? We 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 as human beings, particularly men, like to be in control. Like to know what we're doing. Like to know, particularly in football, it's called structure. We like to know the structure, what we're going to be doing, how we're going to be doing it, blah blah blah. But when you're when you're in this position where you don't, you're not in control. That's hard, mate. Do you know what I mean? And in, mm. you know, you're, you're questioning, um, is it me? What is it about me? Am I doing something wrong? And then at some stage, for me, you try to change to be the person they want you to be. Do you know what I mean? And that for me was the emotional draining part because when you're trying to be somebody you're not, that mentally and emotionally impacts you. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And for me, I put it as when I go and speak to young players now about the work that I do, I talk about the football journey being like an emotional roller coaster. And if you're yeah. on, if you're on a roller coaster that goes up and down, you, we've both all been on roller coasters before. We know the feeling that roller coasters give you in your inside and in your head. You know what I mean? And how you know it's up and down and you feel good, giddy and and sicky inside. That's what emotional roller coaster is like. So you're, you're on this emotional roller coaster of football and you're not in control, mate. And the other people, and this is the issue that I had, Craig, you've got a particular person at a football club, whether it's a manager or chairman, that's kind of holding your life in your hands, basically. They're going to either give you a contract or not give you a contract. Mm. If they give you a contract, you're happy because it's, it's, it's just a blessing and you can look after your family and you know, you've got peace of mind. If they don't give you a contract, you're worrying about what I'm going to do next. What, what, what if, what if, and that, that was an emotional roller coaster for me, mate. So yeah, it was hard, Craig, and I had to proper, proper lean on my kind of faith during those times. Yeah. But um, so yeah, yeah, it wasn't, 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 it wasn't easy. Okay, I, 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 I literally hope people that are listening to this can understand. You'll see people like Van Dyke and Messi and all these people. Then you go to championship players like Fulham and then, what's it, League One, AFC Wimbledon. It's not as lavish as you think it is because mm. you're not playing it as the game that you love. You're not playing it for a score team where all you can get is a little, a little medal. It's not like you can put it anywhere if you want to go play for an actual football club this is this is the harsh reality and the harsh truth for playing as a footballer have you yeah. heard michael said he had to sign on for three months he, he was getting married to his wife like what what more do people need to think like wow like th this game's actually deeper than i think yeah. it is you know what i mean definitely do you get you get on coming from definitely definitely like definitely definitely the audience i hope you can understand where i'm coming from yeah. so at the age of 35 michael you've now retired you've now you've now announced it You've retired from the beautiful game. Mm -hmm. Did you ever envision yourself as a counsellor? Because, because, <laughs> because doing, doing, doing my research, research on you, you know, a little spy at MI5 here now. Yeah. Um, I saw you were a counsellor, mm -hmm. but you retired. Like your mental health, it, it must have taken a toll, literally. Um, so, did you ever envision yourself as a counsellor? Okay, let me take this picture. So basically.
You're my people, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the world's greatest podcast, The Meaning of Life from Craig's Perspective. Thank you, Dr. Michael Bennett, for blessing me with your time. I honestly appreciate it. But guys, you already know how you do it around these sides. This is a part one. A part two will be coming very soon. That episode will blow your minds as well. You thought this one was, oh, Craig, Craig, Craig did all right, you know? Part two, oh my days. Part two is a blessing because he goes into how he became a counsellor, why he became a counsellor, and more on his whole retirement from the professional game. Like, me saying it won't do the justice that the episode has to bring. So let me just keep my mouth quiet. I just want to say thank you guys for all the support, all the love. I'd say subscribe, like, but this is a podcast and it's on Apple and Spotify and them things there. So guys, please keep showing me love. Please supporting. Please keep supporting. Hope you guys are blessed. Have a merry merry Christmas and I'd like to say sorry for for not dropping the episode in quite some while. Also good news, we've we've officially reached oh my gosh, we've officially reached over one thousand overall plays. I'm blessed, you know. Never never in my life would have thought that you guys would wanna listen to me. But God is honestly moving anyway. Shout out all the people that shows my love, all the people that supports me. I honestly appreciate it. Like I said, good news. Basically, I'm going to have a segment called Raw Talks. So I just basically spit my mind. I'm going to get some guests on. Um, you're going to see a completely different side to Craig, the host, and the meaning of life from Craig's perspective, you know. You're just going to be stripped back, you know. Like, you know, you know. <laughs> I, I need to stop saying you know, but do you get what I'm coming from? So, yeah. But um, totally different theme. It's gonna be a bit brighter. You guys can see the authentic Craig. You know what I mean? Not the kind of theatrical, the deep meaning of life. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gonna be completely different. I'm gonna start waffling. I'm gonna let you guys go. Thank you so much. Thank you and thank you and God bless you. And we are out. Come on. Until the next time, people. Come on. Hey.